Hi everyone, thank you so much for your time and I'm so happy that you chose to tune in in this episode because today I want to share something that I have personally learned recently and that is the power of saying no. Scholars Unbound is a bi-monthly podcast or video series that showcases the voices of scholars who know no boundaries when it comes to the pursuit of knowledge. You will hear insights from their experiences as international scholars and how these influence their research, hoping to inspire future scholars to be fearless, global, and unbound. I'm your host, Dalia Simangan. As I mentioned in the previous episodes, I've been working way longer hours these days, especially after the start of the pandemic, compared to the before times. Remember during the early phase of lockdown, stories were circulating online about how Newton produced his work on the theory of gravity during the Great Plague. And there are also motivational words that I'm sure are well-meaning, but are also somehow tone deaf about the pandemic being an opportunity to pursue your passion, what you have been trying to pursue before the pandemic but couldn't because you had to commute to work and so on and so forth. Of course, the whole issue of how the pandemic exposed social and economic inequalities is important, but out of topic for this episode. But I just want to say that some of these stories are really problematic. I don't want to glorify overwork here, I don't mean to, but I'm sharing this not for anyone to emulate, but to warn you or remind you that overwork will never ever be sustainable. So I found myself recently working long hours. I would be in my office at the university for 9 to 10 hours, then I'd go home, have my dinner, and again work for another 3 to 4 hours at my home office. I was working until late night and on weekends to the point that it was already negatively influencing my physical and mental health. I had less time for exercise, thinking I was too busy to exercise. I had less time with family and friends, thinking I had too many deadlines for non-work stuff. And I noticed that the usual forgetful me had become even more forgetful. I had a difficult time concentrating on what I was doing because my mind was always preoccupied with the next pending deadline. I also started making more mistakes in my work. I scheduled events and meetings in my calendar with wrong dates and times, which I rarely or I don't even remember ever happening to me before. I also started not liking what I have written because I felt that they were not really the best that I could write. I wrote them simply because I was meeting a deadline. I was well aware that this was not a lifestyle I wanted to be in. I wanted to get out of that rot. To get out of it, I had to first identify the reasons why I found myself in it in the first place. And I found only one reason. It's not the usual suspect, procrastination. I'm not really a procrastinator, I believe. I consider myself enthusiastic about new stuff and excited to always accomplish something. It's also not about time management because I'm quite organized when it comes to managing my calendar. I enjoy planning my days and weeks and months. 
But because of overwork, I even dreaded looking at my calendar because all I saw were work stuff every single day. There was no free day for things other than work in my calendar. It's also not about personal motivation because writing and research are what I love to do. Whenever I felt overworked, I would tell myself, at least I'm overworking over the things that I love to do. It could have been worse, is what I would tell myself to make myself feel better. But it never felt better. There's only one explanation for this, and I believe it would have happened with or without the pandemic. And that reason was that I bit off more than I could chew. I said yes to events, I committed to projects, I took voluntary work more than the days in the calendar and the hours in my day. I underestimated the amount of time I have compared to the amount of work I need to do. This month, for the very first time after a long time, I woke up on a weekend without having to check my to-do list. I'm finally spending time living in my home and not simply working in my home. I'm finally having my weekends unrestricted by deadlines. I'm finally having my weekends for myself. And I feel good. There's a book by Derek Sivers called Hell Yeah or No, What's Worth Doing. There's a lot of great advice in that book about time management and making stuff happen, but the main takeaway is in the title itself. If an opportunity knocks at your door and you don't feel hell yeah, then maybe it's not the right opportunity. If you're feeling unsure or not excited about it, hearing yourself saying, well, why not, or there's no harm in doing it, or maybe I can give this one a try, then it's not a hell yeah. If it doesn't feel like a hell yeah, then it's a no. It's not the opportunity for you. Instead, use the time that you would have otherwise devoted for that lukewarm yes for something that really feels like hell yeah. Before I read this book, of which I will link in the show notes, I already identified that one of the root causes of my overwork is saying yes to everything, and this book made me realize why that was wrong. I find it difficult to say no to requests and invitations. There are many psychological and even structural reasons for this, striving to be useful, proving oneself or FOMO, or the fear of missing out, or the belief in reciprocity, or the environment of competition and mindset of scarcity in academia are some of these reasons. I also understand that, especially for early career researchers, taking in some of these opportunities will make us better researchers, better teachers, and better collaborators. But when I really accepted the obvious, that I only have this certain number of hours in a day to work meaningfully, and going beyond that is really harmful to my well-being and detrimental to my work in general, I finally accepted the fact that it's okay to say no to some of these opportunities. It felt powerful. Not because I'm saying no, but because I'm saying yes to opportunities that are aligned with my values and academic mission. I'm saying yes to collaboration that I'm excited about. I'm saying yes to invitations that fit within my schedule.
And I have to remind myself that I'm saying no, not because I finally found the courage to say no, but because it was the right thing to do. Of course, I had the initial guilt of saying no to people I look up to or people I want to maintain a collaborative relationship with. I politely said no for legitimate reasons, and they did understand. I'm happy that they did, although I know of instances when people receive threatening or disrespectful responses after they said no to an invitation. And if this happens, then it even confirms that decision of saying no, because maybe you were able to dodge a potentially toxic person or situation. That was the shift in mindset. I also suggest a video by Tom Mullaney about why it's okay to quit or back out of a project that you've committed to, which I will also link in the show notes. In addition to a change in mindset, I also change my practice, especially when it comes to managing my calendar. Before, when I planned my monthly schedule, I would always fill my day with tasks. If there were hours or days without tasks, I would move tasks earlier or come up with tasks that I think I needed to do. So whenever there was a new task that came up, I ended up working longer hours. Another result of this kind of an obsession with productivity was that I failed to incorporate into my schedule tasks that do not have immediate outputs but are highly important to my work. Those are reading and thinking. Reading and thinking are important components of writing. In fact, reading and thinking should also count as writing. By sidelining this, I started noticing that I wasn't fully satisfied with what I produced on paper. But I produced them nonetheless because of a deadline and because I work within a system that measures my worth based on publications. Of course, I need to write to publish, and I need to publish to advance my career. But integrating more consciously the time I need for reading and thinking will not prevent me from writing and publishing and advancing my career. In fact, I believe it will make them more meaningful, more engaged with knowledge creation, and hopefully more socially relevant. So what I learned from this experience is that it's alright if my calendar looks a little empty from time to time, empty of more obvious work like writing or meeting or teaching, because reading and thinking are not empty tasks. And if there are opportunities that will take away my time from these valuable tasks, and do not align with my academic mission, and do not fit within my schedule, then I must say no, so I would be ready for that hell yeah opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider leaving a comment or rating at iTunes or any of your preferred podcast hosting platforms. For details about upcoming episodes and how to support the Scholars Unbound project, visit daliasimangan.com slash scholarsunbound with the link in our show notes.